Hey everybody, happy Friday. It's March, happy March. Today, we're gonna try something a little bit different. It's like an alternative format for the podcast. As you probably know, the Oscars are this weekend and a lot of us here care a lot about movies. We talk about it a bunch. And um, during award season, we usually try to record something. However, with our schedules this week, we were not able to get together. So in lieu of a group discussion, a few of us have recorded individual segments with our thoughts on this year's Best Picture nominees. We got out our iPhones and recorded some voice memos, so we are literally phoning it in. These are our picks, preferences, and predictions for Best Picture at this year's 90th Annual Academy Awards. So I'll start. Um, I think 2017 was a pretty good year for movies. As you probably recall from previous podcasts, I don't get out to see the movies all that often, but thanks to the Writers Guild of America's Generous Screeners program, I've actually seen most of the films this year. One note, I have not seen three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and I have not seen Darkest Hour. I am eager to see the former, not so hot on the latter, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But quickly, going through the list in Google's particular order, we watched The Post, my wife and I. I thought it was pretty okay. I felt kind of like standard boilerplate filmmaking. I think a lot of people think it's important right now for what's going on with the cultural climate in America, but I don't know. Didn't love it. I thought Lady Bird was excellent. It has tinges of Italian neorealism in that everything's happening and nothing's happening. So maybe it's like Chekhov. I don't know. I'm really excited to see what Greta Gerwig does next. She's been an it girl on the indie scene for a long time. I think she's more talented than her husband. Not that I should be comparing her to, you know, a man in this case, but I thought it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Get Out. Fuck, that movie was great. So exciting to see Jordan Peele making movies. It was a movie that worked on so many different levels, like you could enjoy it as a, a thriller, like a popcorn flick. You could enjoy it as a social commentary, talking about really serious things that are affecting our nation right now. You could look at it as a little of both. The ending is really cathartic. I'm really happy it's nominated, and I'm really excited to see what he does next. I mean, the movie is kind of like an extended episode of The Twilight Zone, and so it's fitting that Jordan Peele is um, rebooting The Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. Shameless plug. Dunkirk. Man, Dunkirk is almost a perfect movie in a lot of ways. It's Christopher Nolan's tightest movie. I think it's like 100 minutes. It is not bombastic in the way that a lot of war movies are, but it is no less epic because of it. I think it uses like violence and gore in really interesting ways. Like you'll see like a German airplane swoop down and shoot up the beach and you don't see a lot of blood, guts, viscera. So that way when something happens later, when an individual is injured and that there is blood on the screen, all of a sudden it seems just far more impactful. Like I said, I didn't see Darkest Hour. The next one on the list is The Shape of Water, which kind of was a miss for me. Smart Money says that that's going to win Best Picture, right? 538, Nate Silver's website is predicting that it'll win Best Picture. And I went in there wanting to really love it. Caleb and I had talked about it, and he was really excited for it. And, you know, just from the marketing, it looked great. But once I got in, it was interesting because at first, that world is so rich and so vibrant and so colorful. And I was like, this is a really excellent movie. But then as it progressed, I found myself being pulled out of the narrative a little bit. Perhaps I was suckered into thinking it was going to be like Amelie with that sort of magical realism style. And so I was unconsciously comparing it to Amelie the whole time, but I liked Amelie more. I know that they're different movies. It more has more in common with Pan's Labyrinth than, than Amelie, but I don't know. It just, it's a fine film. I'm glad it exists. It just, it didn't do it for me. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I haven't seen it. Want to see it. Looks great. I don't know. 
Phantom Thread, what a sumptuous feast of a film. It looked so good. Paul Thomas Anderson's a really patient filmmaker. You know, Danny Day-Lewis, tour de force. That said, while we're watching it, uh, my wife and I, and she turned to me and says, this movie's kind of up its own butt, and I can't get that out of my head. So anyway, that brings us to the last one on the list and my personal pick for best picture. Now, I know this movie will not win, and it's probably not even the best movie on the list, but it is my favorite, and that is Call Me By Your Name. What a wonderful, languid, exquisite film. I love this movie. I want to live in the world of this film. It's interesting. I think it's a flawed picture. Like, I don't think Army Hammer was the right choice for the the older um, male lead. One, he is a little too old. And two, you know, I don't think he could hang with his co-star, Timothy Calumet. Calumet is just, he is incredible as, you know, he's a 20-year-old playing a 17-year-old who's experiencing true love, true lust, true desire for the first time. And, and he just tears it up. I also think the parents, played by Michael Stahlberg and Amira Kassar, are excellent. Like, the movie ached, but it ached in all the right ways. I know that there are films from other national cinemas, like from Taiwan and, and from Germany, from France, that have covered this territory better. But this is a Hollywood picture, and it's beautiful, and it's fleeting, and I don't know. I just really liked it. So that's my pick. Call Me By Your Name. Not the best film, but it's my pick for best picture. Uh, coming up next, we have Mr. John Greenwood. Thanks for listening. Okay, so here's my um, hot take on the Academy Award Best Picture nominees. I have seen none of these films yet. None of them. Um, so take all of my uh, <laughs> analysis with a grain of salt. Um, I guess prediction... Shit. I mean, are we in the prediction business anymore in the age of Trump? No. Um, or even like last year, right? It was supposed to be La La Land. Um, but thank God Moonlight won. All right. So I guess the safe bet would be The Shape of Water. It, that Of all these films, it's the one that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about films. I don't go to films anymore. Because I have a two and a half year old kid. I don't get to go f- see films. I watch Peppa the Pig and it's awesome. I love it. But yeah, I had I know nothing about any of these films. So, you know, I you know what I hope? I hope to decide that, you know, awarding trophies for art is stupid. And can we just enjoy art? All right. That's my rant. Bye. Hello. This is Caleb's Oscar um, recording. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not going to front. I've already said it. My favorite movie this year was Phantom Thread. You know, maybe my favorite director ever is Paul Thomas Anderson. So that's a clear winner for me. Um, I thought it was like a, a beautiful. It was the highest. It was just one of the purest movies I've seen in a long time, maybe. Uh, no, scratch that. I'm starting over. James started over. I'm going to leave this so you have some fodder, but don't do me wrong, please. My favorite movie this year was Phantom Thread. I thought it was just delightful. 
it was nearly perfect in every way. It gave me almost everything I want when I go see a movie. Um, of the other Best Picture nominees, my favorites, Lady Bird is up there. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I thought Shape of Water was a little bit of uh, uh, Emperor, uh, Emperor Has No Clothes situation. The Emperor Has No Clothes, is that it? Um, the Emperor's New Clothes, the Emperor's New Groove. Emperor, I'm Googling it. It was a bit of an Emperor's New Clothes thing to me. I just didn't buy it. Um, I haven't seen The Post, but I'm kind of bored by it. I haven't seen Three Billboards. I love uh, the director, and Bruges is one of my favorite movies. So that's, like, it, you know, uh, uh, interesting. And Calling By Your Name, I haven't seen, which I've heard by a lot of close friends is fantastic. Uh, so, you know, with the consideration of not seeing those, Phantom Thread's my pick. Lady Bird, Get Out, Dunkirk, probably the other big ones. Dark Star I thought was great, but not Best Picture worthy. Shape of Water, just a fine movie. Not much more. <clears throat> um, best Director, I'd have to go with Paul Thomas Anderson, though if you didn't give it to him, I would say Jordan Peele, because I thought Get Out was just like a really all-around fantastic film and just really I hope there are more horror films like that so I you know um though I did think Lady Bird with Greta Gerwig was amazing I think Dunkirk was like a master class in 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 you know directing with Christopher Nolan Guillermo del Toro Shape of Water yeah um any other strong opinions I think Daniel Day-Lewis should win for Phantom Thread like easy for that that category uh if you like watch that movie um i hope uh yeah i hope leslie manville wins for phantom thread i thought she was incredible um i guess since i've missed most of these and i definitely wouldn't pick richard jenkins willem defoe for actor in a supporting role best original screenplay who that's a hard one i always say the best original screenplay is usually um um the best the best indie film like usually the best indie film wins that's not good enough to win best picture but still deserves some kind of award but there's so many good indie movies this year man it'll probably go to ladybird i would guess or get out um though i haven't seen the big sick uh any others man i didn't see any of the animated features this year uh i i barely watched icarus i thought it was good um original score phantom thread man oh man it's i've been listening to it a lot Sound editing, I'd have to say Dunkirk. Oh no, Baby Driver. Sound mixing Dunkirk. Visual effects, Blade Runner 2049. Film editing, probably Baby Driver. Baby Driver was like technically pretty fantastic overall. Didn't like you know didn't love it it's really good and fun though i didn't connect with it as much as i usually do for an edgar wright film um production design 2049 cinematography who 
I'd have to go with Dunkirk for that one. Sorry, um, Blade Runner 2049 guy. I know you never win, but uh, Dunkirk was pretty um, unbelievable, especially watching it in like the you know 70 millimeter at the uh, arc light it was a pretty incredible experience um film experience um who's the blade runner guy the coen brothers guy i'm googling it can't remember it. GD. Roger Deakins. Uh, okay. And then, like, costume design? Man, Phantom Thread. Sorry about it. I don't give a shit about being the Beast or Darkest Hour costumes or Shape of Water or Victorian Abdul, which I didn't see. Um... Makeup? Don't care. Okay. This meandered a little bit. I'm going to do a shorter one. I'll send you both, James, so you can have some stuff to choose from. All right, that's it. Oscars 2018. Hey, guys. It's Megan from the Jabber Talkies. You know, the podcast. And my cat, Cosmo. You're probably going to hear him purring in the microphone, so get used to it. And also, you're welcome. Uh, I'm here to talk to you about my best picture Picks and predictions. So the Oscars are coming up this weekend, and I am super stoked about it. Um, The Best Picture nominees are all over the map, uh, and I actually think it was a pretty good crop this year. Uh, So I'm excited to see who wins. I think, um, unfortunately, my predictions for the winners of winner of the Best Picture are it's probably going to land on The Shape of Water or Three Billboards. Two movies which I kind of thought were basically overrated and just overdone and over everything. I really didn't enjoy either one of these as much as it seems like the general populace has. I don't get it. Shape of Water feels like the least of, of Guillermo del Toro's catalog. I feel like he has done a million better things and I feel like he's getting rewarded for those rather than for this. It must be that because this film is lazy. It feels feels lazy and undercooked. Feels like for someone who is normally such a meticulous storyteller, a meticulous filmmaker, the character development, the plot, even the villain, everything is feels one note. Everything feels under under like there wasn't enough thought put into any of these don't get it characters are weirdly one-dimensional some some of them very heavily reliant on stereotypes and I just didn't love it three billboards only good because of Frances McDormand's performance she deserves a best actress Oscar but I really don't think that this film should win best picture it's ham-fisted that was what I said when I came out of the theater it's ham-fisted Uh, So let's talk about what I did love, which probably won't win, but hey. So my two favorite films of 2017 are both nominated for Best Picture. The first is Phantom Thread. I saw Phantom Thread twice, which for me, for an art housey kind of film, is a lot. It's a beautifully made film. It's composed in a way 
that is, I have never seen, I've never seen a relationship like that on screen feel so real and so dysfunction, like the dysfunction of it is so evident and so familiar if you've ever been in a relationship like that, um, that it was just, it was, it was mind boggling to see that on screen so much so that I was wrapped both screenings. I was just on the edge of my seat. Uh, It's also just beautiful film, beautiful performances. And it is so rare that a movie like that takes me by surprise like this one did. And even the second time it was just triumphant that, that last scene, the tension of it and the release is incredible. Uh, my first favorite film of 2017 was get out. I was exceptionally excited, exceptionally excited. That's not fun. You know, just very happy to see this film in theaters. It was the most entertaining film experience I've had in years. It was thrilling. It felt like it mattered. It was telling a story that doesn't get told, which I think is the number one best reason to give someone a best picture nomination or award. Um, that's why I love that Moonlight eventually won Best Picture last year because it's a story we haven't seen. And this is a story we haven't seen and I loved it. Loved every minute of it. It felt important, but also just a good fucking movie. And just, man, really like powerful film that just, I love a thriller. I love a horror movie. It felt, you could see the influences in it and it, it just, it was a good Good damn movie, and I am so thrilled that it got a Best Picture nomination. Unfortunately, we all know the Academy. We all know Hollywood. It's a long shot for either one of those films to win, but it would be amazing if it did. So we'll all watch on Sunday and see what happens. Until then, enjoy your weekend. I love you. All right, that concludes our Oscars 2018 podcast. If you want to watch the show, they are on Sunday, March 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on ABC. Thank you for listening, and as always, we'll see you at the movies. Hello. We are really honored to present the award for Best Song in a Motion Picture. Songs have a magical power to transport us to a different time and place. There is no greater weapon in a director's arsenal than a strategically placed song. (laughs) But there's one song that nobody wants to hear, the song they play when your acceptance speech has gone on too long. That's the song, that one. And did you know it actually has lyrics? (laughs) This is it. Your time is through. You're boring. <laughs> You're rambling on no end in sight. You're boring. <laughs> no need to thank your parakeet. You're boring. Look at Catherine Zeta Jones. She's snoring. You could have rushed up to the stage, but you were lollygagging. They're turning off your microphone and casting to 